from their first breath and cry, our imaginations explode with who this newborn child will be, what he or she will become. But when we let our imaginations fly like that, we risk missing out on the glory and wonder of this child's first day, or tomorrow, or first week, month, whole first year. Very early in my ministry with the United Methodist Publishing House, I began a relationship with African-American Wilson United Methodist Church in Cleveland, Ohio. Now, Wilson was in a part of town that was so violent, I had to report my estimated time of arrival to the trustees so that they could be ready to open the gates of the chain link fence topped with barbed wire just to admit me. There was great poverty in this part of town and there was great violence. The very first time I guess preached at this church, I met Denise. Denise was a most remarkable child. Wilson Memorial Sunday service always, always started with a child altar call. All the children came forward to begin, knelt at the altar rail, and one by one shouted out their prayers. Denise was about six then, dressed in a beautiful pink chenille party dress. She began by thanking God for creating her and praising God for every organ, bone, tissue, and part of her body. Thank you, Jesus, for my brain. Thank you, Jesus, for my arms. Thank you, Jesus, for my lungs. Thank you, Jesus, for my pancreas. Thank you, Jesus, for my intestines. Thank you, Jesus, for my skin. Thank you, Jesus, for my feet. On and on she went until she had listed every imaginable tissue in her body. When she finished, she got up from the rail. She skipped halfway down the aisle when suddenly she stopped. She turned around and she came racing back and threw herself once again at the altar rail. Oh, yes, Jesus. Thank you for our whiny preacher. Yes, it was awkward in the room at that moment. Until all of us took a deep breath, swallowed, laughed, and shouted a chorus of amens. Hear this, people. Children are not pre-people. They are fully human at birth, 
and need nothing more to matter in God's kingdom. They don't need to grow up to be important to God, and they shouldn't have to grow up to be important to us. At another time, and in a Hispanic church in Cleveland, I knelt down to look in the face, and I do mean knelt down, I knelt down like this to look in the face of a four-year-old boy dressed in navy slacks, white dress shirt, navy tie, fedora. And he introduced himself as Jose. I put my hand out. So glad to meet you, Jose. And with huge indignation, he said to me, I never told you my name was Jose. I'm so sorry. I thought you said your name was Jose. I told you my name is Jose. I had pronounced as if it were spelled with an Z. Pronounced correctly, I might add, an S in his name. Consider this piece of scripture, Matthew 18. At that time, the disciples came to Jesus and asked, Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? Then he called a little child over to sit among the disciples and said, I assure you that if you don't turn your lives around and become like this little child, you will definitely not enter the kingdom of heaven. Those who humble themselves like this little child will be the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Whoever welcomes one such child in my name Welcomes me. I learned life lessons from Denise and Jose. I learned about thankfulness. Even while living in the midst of violence and deprivation, I learned about joy. I learned about keen observation. And I learned about candor. And I learned that we can be perfectly joyful in uncomfortable situations. I learned the importance and dignity of people's names from two little children. You must become like little children. It's from Jesus' own mouth. That doesn't sound to me anything at all like, when will they be smart enough? You must become like little children. That doesn't sound to me like, when will she be capable? You must become like little children. That doesn't sound to me like, Someday you can take your place in society. 
You must become like little children. That doesn't sound to me like someday I can learn something value to you, valuable to, from you. Someday, always someday. Jesus never said that word. No, while there are many facts and customs children have to learn, and while we adults have the great responsibility to protect these children and teach them facts and culture. We make a great mistake if we treat them only according to our presumptions on their future worth and not account for their value right here before us. They are of great worth just as they now fold into our loving arms. We will be wise to listen for their present wisdom and knowledge of God. I advise you stop being surprised every time one of our children says something wonderful, thoughtful, and wise during Miss Jamie's children's time. Instead, expect that you can learn something from them. It's a way of thinking. It's a way of life. Shall we move to youth? We often think of this time of life as filled with stir und drang, difficult and contentious, searching for life after childhood, the life to last the next several decades. In our American society, it means finishing high school, getting car keys, choosing a college or some other career. It may mean choosing a partner. It does mean changing our residence. So many decisions, so many chances for mistakes. Permit me to flow your mind back to the scriptures and recall for you a couple of notable youth whose stories are told there. I think first of Samuel, who was called to the priesthood when almost all of the priests about him were utterly corrupt. May I remind you of Moses, who during his youth was stirred to action to protect a Hebrew slave. Unfortunately, his action was the murder of an Egyptian overlord, and that sent Moses into hiding. Do you know the name of David? He who became the greatest king of all was called in youth. the very youngest of his family. There was Esther, a young Jewish woman who saved her people from the Persian king Xerxes. How about Mary? A teen was called to be the mother of the savior of all humankind. She gave birth during youth. How about Mary? And then there is the Savior himself, a reminder <clears throat> that during his youth, Mary and Joseph, after searching for the missing Jesus, <clears throat> found him teaching the elders in the temple. Well, maybe Jesus isn't a fair example. 
He was with the Father from the very beginning, after all. But I remind you that he was a young adult when he completed his ministry. He was not some wizened old sage ready to breathe his last breath from ancient lungs. Also, there were Mark and Timothy, two young men whom Apostle Paul tutored to be leaders in the Christian community. Paul didn't wait for them to grow up. He put these young men to work, and they were foundational in the Christian church. Well, before I move on to older adults, let's step out of the Bible and come back to the present time for a bit. Let's think some more about Denise and Jose's faith and wisdom. I'm thinking that there were significant people around them whom God used to implant that faith and wisdom. Who might those people have been? Parents, aunts and uncles, school teachers, Sunday school teachers, pastors, Boy Scout and Girl Scout leaders, young adults, middle-aged adults, people just like many of you sitting out there now. God calls people at every age to be important in other people's lives. I cannot imagine God ever pondering when someone will grow enough or mature enough to be useful in the kingdom. Let me also question how far removed from youth are adults of retirement age. Consider this. Are they not making decisions about finishing those careers that they had pondered so carefully earlier in their lives? Are they not considering how they will fill their newfound time in coming decades? Are they not considering downsizing and maybe changing their residence, perhaps even out of this community, to some far distant for some reason that might come up? And even later, may they be struggling with the loss of their beloved spouse, or pondering when they lay down their car keys for the very last time? <sighs> Sounds very much like the storm and drum of youth. What's the difference? What do decades mean, after all? Hear this bit of song from 92, beginning with Verse 13, the righteous man springs up like the palm tree, like the Lebanon cedar he towers, planted in the house of the Lord, in the courts of our God, they flourish. They bear fruit still in old age, fresh and full of sap they are, to tell that the Lord is upright, my rock. There is no wrong in him. Now I'm ready to move on to older adults. I'm not even sure what to call people of advanced age. Older adults, golden agers, senior citizens, 
elders, me, post people, hear this, older adults are not post people. They are not used up people. They are not cast off people. They are not finished people. They are not late of this community. Well, I kind of like the term senior citizen. That word citizen suggests that they are still part of the active community, that they still have a vital role in God's kingdom. I also like elder because it suggests wisdom. Wisdom often comes with age, but let, let me remind you of two stories of two little wise children. Time for another story. Once again in Cleveland, Ohio. This time at the Venerable Church of the Savior. I had gone to sell new choir robes to the church. Taking an order for choir robes requires measurements. And I had learned very early to be exceedingly careful about people's person and dignity. Some distance from the choir, with a trusted choir member, or sometimes the pastor, sitting right next to me. I measured each person in the choir. I couldn't ask for measurements, because often they didn't know, and most often they would look me right straight in the eye and make an outrageous lie. When her time came, a very elderly lady, very elderly, came down the aisle. She was elegantly dressed in a wool suit, it being winter. And she pushed a wheelchair with a slumping old man in it. Frankly, he showed no sign of life. I couldn't even be sure that if I put a mirror at his nostril, he could have fogged it. The lady pointed her finger at my nose, just like this. Young man, you had best not try anything inappropriate with me. Else my husband be forced to defend my honor. I loved her at once, not as she feared, but as an elder, as a, an elder who still viewed herself with great respect and love. She thought she was able at her age still to gather the infatuation of a 25-year-old fellow. I was amazed at her. This was a woman with deep self-respect. 
More to the point of this sermon, my numerous encounters during 20 years of older adult ministry with men and women repeating something like this to me. When I was a young person, I thought when I got to be this present age, I would have my act totally together. I would know who I am. I would know who God is. I would know who God and I are together. Well, now I'm 84. And I don't feel confident about any of those things. And this just cuts me. What is wrong with me? Was always the question. How could I get to be this old and not have my faith perfected? You might think my reply was insensitive or even unkind. Dear friend, there's nothing wrong with you except that you are just incredibly naive. How could you possibly expect to arrive at your destination without traveling every mile of the trip? The knowledge you seek comes only at death. Don't expect it before you take your last breath. And sometimes I would add, and don't make that just this moment either. Do not think that I'm suggesting that old age is filled with self-doubt, fear, and regret. I mean only to say that you must not judge yourself a failure only because you still have growing and maturing to do. Remember that youthful Moses fleeing Egypt? Well, in old age, he moved God's people from Egypt across the sea and into the wilderness. In old age, he took them to the edge of the Holy Land. What more do you have to do? No one ever becomes useless in God's kingdom, no matter how old, no matter how frail. Reflect on Sir Wilfred Grenfell's proclamation. When I can no longer hear, nor see, nor speak, still will I be able to praise my God. When I finally pass through the shadow of death, I expect to do so in conversation with God. My friends, all of you, regardless of age, are at all times needed in this community. We all have exactly the same responsibility throughout our entire lives. We are to be ourselves and none other. This moment, this place, this community 
is what God created you for. It's what God created you for. And let me close with this song. It's 148. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord from the heavens. Praise him on the heights. Let them praise the Lord's name. For he commanded and they were created. Young men and also maidens elders together with land.